Hey, Tourpreneurs, it's Mitch Bach. And just a quick note before we begin today's episode, Tourpreneur is currently sponsored by Google. We're thankful for their support of our community, and we are offering with them a completely free course helping you unlock the power and potential of Google's Things to Do program, which is specifically helping tour operators add their tours to Google in new ways that gives you new exposure and more direct bookings. To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. Welcome to the Tourpreneur Podcast. Travel industry veteran Shane Whaley will take you on a journey with fellow tourpreneurs, sharing their tips, ideas, insights, and success stories to inspire you to make your tour business the best it can be. And now, here is your host, Shane Whaley. Hello and welcome back to the Tourpreneur Podcast. Today we air another Arrival Online Workshop for you. And I just want to take this time to say how proud I am of you for tuning in to today's show or if you've watched the Arrival Online Workshops because it's all too easy right now with the way the world is. Bearing in mind I'm recording this March 30th, 2020, in case you're listening a year from now, um, how easy it is just to bury our heads in the sand and feel sorry for ourselves and be upset and be angry. And all those things are understandable. But for those of you who are like, okay, I'm going to take this opportunity to study, to learn, and to make sure when we get out of this, that my business is going to be in better shape. I, I tip my hat to you. Today, Lucas Hempel joins the Arrival Online team. He is the founder and managing director of Booking Kit. And Douglas Quinby was telling me that this was um, highly rated by the viewers of this webinar. So I'm really excited to bring it to you in podcast form. Um, he talks, Lucas Hempel talks about how do you price, market, and promote your products amid a global downturn in travel demand? When should you discount? What messaging and promotions should you use? This workshop walks through best practices and key tips to keep your marketing and pricing on track. I was fortunate enough just over a year ago to actually watch Lucas present something similar to this. Uh, it was 12 months ago, so things have changed a little bit since then. Um, so I'm really excited to, to see how it's evolved. But remember a year ago, really enjoying this workshop. I took a ton of notes and what I love about these guys is how much they're willing to share. Yes, you know, they're a booking platform, they're ResTech, but all of these ResTech companies are sharing so much data that it's really important. Even if you work with someone else, um, this isn't a sales pitch because Douglas and his team don't allow that. Um, this is all about sharing knowledge. So I hope you'll enjoy today's show. I hope you listen to this when you're getting your daily walk-in. I hope you're able to do that. I hope you're in an area where you can get out and walk. Um, that's something I've been doing a lot of, and I'll be sharing some mental health style tips with Miranda Peterson in a future episode. I'm trying to walk an hour in the morning, hour at night, just, just to keep sane. And I'm loving listening to these Arrival Online episodes. There is a presentation that comes with this. And if you go to tourpreneur.com forward slash Lucas, that's L-U-K-A-S, so with a K, uh, not a C like George Lucas, but Lucas, because Lucas Hempel is a German, I believe. Um, you can find the down. I'll, I'll redirect you over to the uh, presentation, the, the download there. So uh, please do enjoy today's show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Arrival Online and our session uh, today on pricing and marketing in a downturn. I'm Douglas Quinby, co-founder and CEO of Arrival, and I'm excited to have with us Lucas Hempel, founder and managing director of Booking Kit. He's going to be leading our uh, presentation today. Just before I hand things over to Lucas, uh, just a couple of quick housekeeping items uh, for all of you who are with us today. Uh, you can ask a question at any time in the Q&A field on uh, the right. Uh, simply go there and post your question. Also, if you see a question that's there that uh, you like and you want to make sure I ask it, you can also upvote that question by clicking on the upvote button right below each individual question. 
Uh, you can also tweet about this event. Uh, please use the hashtag arrival online and we can have a conversation going about what you're seeing today on uh, Twitter. Uh, also, we are making these slides available to all of the attendees. There is a handout function in uh, your panel to the right as well, and you can download Lucas's uh, extensive slides, uh, which he's going to go through, uh, so you can have them all as a takeaway. We will also be recording this uh, online event, as we are with all of our events for Arrival online. Uh, and uh, so if you can't stay for the full event or you want to share it with colleagues, this will be available for access on demand, both for video and audio and uh, podcast. I also want to take a moment to thank our global partners. Uh, without their support, uh, we would not be able to produce our events uh, offline, our arrival conferences, as well as arrival online. Uh, so a huge thanks to all of these uh, companies that are making this uh, possible for all of you today. And of course, a big thanks uh, to Lucas uh, for preparing uh, this workshop for all of us on pricing and marketing in a downturn. Okay, Lucas, over to you. Thanks so much for the invite, Douglas. Very happy to be here. So I'm Lucas. Uh, I'm going to tell you a bit about pricing tips and marketing tips in this period of downturn. So quick to me, I'm Lucas, one of the founders, managing director of Booking Kit. What is Booking Kit? Booking Kit is a software for tours and activities for a bit more than 6,000 operators based here in Berlin with a bit more than 100 employees. And we basically connect all the tools and activities providers to all the different demand side channels. Today is not about booking kits. Today is about giving you actionable advice for tours, uh, for, for pricing and marketing. So let's dive right into it. I think normally when I have a presentation like that, we talk about optimization and say, how can we get the last parts out of it? I think currently with the corona situation, there is a special situation for all of us. I think uh, we just, Douglas and I just discussed, I think we've never seen a time in this industry where it was so severe for the industry. It's really events, one out of 100 years events, which we are now seeing. And so quick update from our side, we would segment the crisis in three stages. We would say, okay, the first stage, and you can find all of that in the handout, so I won't read all of that to you, but to give you a bit of navigation through the crisis. I think currently there's a lot of information bombing on us where it basically says every second this gets worse, this gets worse, oh that's worse. So to zoom out a bit, I'm no health expert, I'm no industry expert in the sense of global economy, but to give you some navigation, the stages we are going to through to resolving this crisis are going to be three stages. First, we are in a lockdown uh, spaces. So I'm here in Germany. Currently, tools and activities and leisure products in Germany are forbidden. So by Tuesday, you can't open 0% market volume. There will be a time this is over. In China, it was is already over. And then we are going to fade-in phases where basically slowly things are ramping, ramping up again. There's usually a trade-off between health and giving the feeling of normality again. So uh, the Chinese government solved it by basically capping all attractions products on 30% of the uh, volume they can normally handle. So if you have an attraction with 300 people you could normally handle, they will limit you to 100 people. And in this time, and that's really interesting, what we've heard, learned from resellers in the Chinese and Asian space, demand exceeds supply. So more people want to do tours and activities again, following being locked in their homes for weeks and months. So this is actually a good time. And we're going to talk about pricing in a second as well. And then there comes a rebound phases where things go back to normal from the past financial crisis, you can expect that it's going to take one about one to three years on a level of 85% of the market volume we had earlier to give you some indication where we are moving. So currently here in Europe, we are in the beginning of the lockdown phases. In China, we are already in the fade-in phases and we are nearing the rebound phases. So 
I whatever I put some material in here to give you some timing. If you're looking on the European market, your optimistic scenario would be we're going to have a winter business again. The pessimistic scenario will be the next real touristic season will be the Easter 21 season to give you some timing perspective. So to make it actionable for you, what do you take out of that? In times of crisis, cash is king. And I'm going to talk about the pricing aspect of that. But I think a lot of us, a lot of you operators, a lot for us as a transactional business for arrival as a conference, currently it's hard time because a lot of us have zero revenue or close to zero revenue or going to have zero revenue and are coping with a lot of basically uh, cancellations, people wanting their money back, all of that. Once you have solved your cash flow problem, I would advise you and we would advise you to basically take the time we have now to prepare for the rebound. And that's what we are going in today to basically have best practices, learn from other operators. How are they using their current time in the lockdown phases to prepare themselves for when things pick up again and when the industry is showing some traction again and people want to do tours and activities and are allowed to do tours and activities again. Going into pricing. First of all, quick coming from how is a typical tours and activities business looking like. And typically, on a cost structure, you have like fixed cost. That's a huge chunk of your business and variable cost. The fixed cost would be uh, your rent, the people you pay, the segways, your inventory you have, all kind of that you always have to pay independent of how many people are coming. And then you have variable costs, so the amount of costs you have per ticket you sell, which on a cooking school could be all the ingredients, or on a segway it would be the, the energy you pay. And based on that, you have the revenue. And depending on how much revenue you have, you have a profit or a loss. So to make it really simple, your profit or loss equals the revenue minus your costs. I'm not the expert on costs, so what we're going to look in there is How's the revenue evolving? And the revenue evolving is basically the amount of sold tickets multiplied with the price. So if we dive into there, the amount of sold tickets, that's hard to influence. Yeah, It's coming from the market. You can do some marketing, but that's expensive. So it's hard to influence. Coasts, I'm no expert on coasts. So it's mainly fixed costs. You know your business far better than I do. But what you can influence is actually the price. So this is what we're going to focus on today. How can you, with a few tweaks, tweak your pricing and by that increase your revenue and by that increase your profit on the very same products you have already today? I'm going to send you home today with eight actionable advices you can do as of today. So there's nothing fancy stuff. There's a lot of fancy stuff you can do one year from now. But all you're going to learn today is something actionable you can at the end of this webinar or even in, in another tab, you can directly adapt your price sheet and use that information. So let's dive right into that. From whom can we learn? Because I'm going to talk a lot about best practices. When we look at our uh, industry, there's a lot different stuff we can learn from other pricings. I think there's a quick introduction you should do. When you talk about pricing, there's standard pricing, there's seasonal pricing, there's weekday pricing. If you have weekday pricing, weekend pricing, seasonal pricing, not today, you should think about that. It's one of the quick actions you can do. When I did the arrival workshop in the session, we had a quick vote. Who has that? Half the people or more than half the people already have that implemented. So not about that today. I'm going to send you with eight more tips home today. Beyond that, who has identical challenges? Flights, airlines, and hotels, because they have similar problems. They have a high amount of fixed cost. Yeah, you have the airplane, you have the hotel. Uh, what is basically the challenge here? You have high amount of fixed cost. And it's really hard to predict how many people are buying your tickets, buying a room night there. How do they optimize that? You have this is an example of a, a cheap airline, a low-cost airline of Ryanair, but they're similar all over the world. They're the kings of yield management of pricing optimization. I'm not telling you, you should do sell your product like a cheap airline. I think that's not the worthiness of your product. But what we should do is we should be learning from these professionals and say, okay, what can we adapt out of that for the segment of tours and activities? 
So let's dive right into it. I think there's a special session also by Moulin Rouge who showed a bit how they do it. I've heard they're at the far end of things in terms of pricing optimization, but let's start today. I'm going to skip forward. There's a lot of content in here. Uh, I think the general thing is what you should be doing is you should sell online. Yeah, whatever you're doing right now, you should be selling online. Take a booking system of your choice and sell online because this gives you the power to really influence buy a pricing sheet and enable people to buy on your website and enable people to influence them with pricing tips. Okay, let's dive right in. One out of eight, again, actionable tips you can take home today. The first tip is upselling. I'm going to tell you about the operator we have here in Berlin, a helicopter company, Air Service Berlin, based here in Berlin. So basically, they are at the extremes of this problem. So you can, uh, in the chat, post if you're a helicopter company as well. Uh, so then you know the problem. The second a helicopter starts, this costs heavy amounts of money per minute. So how do they optimize their pricing? Well, they try to do a lot of upselling. You can upsell stuff which doesn't cost you anything additional. So a typical example for a helicopter would be to charge more for the seat next to the pilot. People like me, for example, love to sit next to the pilot. I would love to pay double for the seat next to the pilot compared to the seat behind you. For this helicopter company, anyway, there's going to be sitting somewhere next to the pilot. So I don't have any additional costs or so, but I'm upselling on existing places I have. The second great idea they had is basically I can buy as a, an additional product, I can buy a VIP transfer directly to the helicopter. So basically there's a limousine picking me up and that's another 40 euro additional just for driving there. Compared to a helicopter, a limousine costs nothing. So basically, the margin they have on this upselling product is either in the case of seat next to the uh, pilot is 100% or in the limousine example, it's 80% of margin what they have basically earning out of the upselling. So upselling is a great way in order to increase the basket, so how much money typically people spend while they uh, come to you. And it's a great example to increase also the margin because typically upselling products have a higher margin compared to your core product. Now, a lot of people tell me, a lot of operators tell me, Lucas, I don't have a helicopter company. I have nothing to upsell. I doubt it. Any one of us has something to upsell. I would recommend really check for your products. We found also if in the chat you have examples on how you upsell, please put them just in the chat as experience shares. I think other people can learn from that if you already upsell. We saw cooking schools who are basically upselling booklets of all the recipes they have. We talked about walking tours who have then special deals with the restaurants where the walking tour ends and you can upsell that directly in the checkout process. So one concrete ask is think about upselling. There should be three elements of upselling in your checkout process. Uh, and typically you would say, okay, you start with the section of the core product, which might be the walking tour, a museum ticket. And then when you go to the pricing and payment process, then it, you offer the upselling options to really have something. All products, in all cases where people approached me after the presentation, we found some products to upsell. So I will not allow it to tell me that you don't have a product to upsell. Absolutely, you will find products to upsell and I would recommend find free products to upsell, but also limit yourself on free products to upsell. So one out of eight you can do as of today is add upselling options to your product, add upselling options to your tour or activity. Second out of eight, anchor pricing. That's really, really important and also you can do that as of today. What is anchor pricing? Anchor pricing means the first price I know will become the price anchor for anything I further do. So in this example, we optimize the page for a quad tour. So basically, they have different options of quad tours. There's a premium quad tour and there's a regular quad tour. The premium quad tour is 89 euros. The regular quad tour is 49 euros. Typically, in 80% of the cases, what I'm seeing is that operators put the cheapest product first because they feel, ah, I don't want to give the impression that I'm expensive. 
But again, and that's really important, people don't think you're expensive. They think the first price they see, this builds the price anchor. Yeah, so the 89, if you put that first, there's the price anchor. And if I then look from that, anything else gets cheaper. Because in travel and tours and activities products, and in general, all kinds of products we try to build in our mind, we make this comparison. And the first premium quad tour is basically the most expensive. And then everything else I will compare to that price. If you ever in your life donated to UNICEF or any charity in your, uh, your mind, you can check right now, open a new tab, look on your favorite charity, and you can see when you want to donate them an amount, they'll start with the highest amount and then go down. This is how anchor pricing works. It's any charity in the world does it. Do it as well. It's proven because this is how our mind simplifies price comparison. So second out of eight, anchor pricing what you can do today, it's just basically reordering the products on your site. You can do that today, being that on your website, on pricing sheets you have offline, you have anywhere in your uh, location. Start always with the most expensive product first. We have time. Hey, so, hey, hey Lucas, just one question that's, that's come in. And this actually came in towards the beginning of the presentation when yep. you were talking about some of the just general principles and say seasonal pricing and so forth. So there's a question from William here. Uh, what about group pricing versus per person pricing with some of these principles? Or are you going to get to that a bit later? Or is there something general that we can keep in mind around per person versus versus group pricing? I'm going to talk about that a bit later. And if you don't feel your question is answered, we'll come back to that at the very end when we have the overview of everything. But I think I have something for you, William. But feel free always when you have a question, just post it there and Douglas will just read your question to me and we'll directly get to there. Third out of eight actionable tips, what you can do as of today. Again, this is something you can do today in your pricing sheet. You can adapt your pricing sheets as of today to optimize your pricing. What is higher incidental price? It's the, it goes in the same direction like with the premium prices. People will compare the prices on your site with each other. And by that, they will understand how the price works. In tours and activities, typically leisure products are booked in leisure time. So typical example of me booking is I'm sitting at the local Starbucks, local coffee shop on my iPad or on my iPhone. I'm comparing what can I do tomorrow? What can I do next week in my vacation? And in this scenario, I'm not opening 5,000 tabs to compare my price, uh, your price to your competitor. Like currently a lot of people do that to build up their pricing sheets by comparing to competition. But I go on your website, I understand what's the value I'm getting. And then I try to segment myself. So showing higher prices, and that's what we call incidental prices as an anchor, will make my mind think the, the core product is cheaper. If you don't, and sometimes people don't have expensive products, more expensive products. So one great thing is what you can do is you can actually show a lot more expensive products from other operators. So one typical example we have with the helicopter company, helicopter flight is around about 200 euros here in Berlin. So if you have a 50 euro product, this is your product, and then you offer to sell the helicopter-wide product on top of that. So you say, okay, you can do a helicopter ride, but I can do my city tour for 50 euros. What happens in my mind is I compare, okay, the other option, what I could do tomorrow is fly with a helicopter. I would spend 200 euro. So the 50 euro tour for me now becomes a real bargain. So that's really, really working well. And especially in scenarios where you don't have like the premium products, then uh, in that sense, then it's really helpful to take other products even if they are a lot more expensive. And no, you're not putting giving bookings away because you could say, okay, then some people just book the helicopter ride. Honestly, the guy who books the helicopter ride, then typically you wouldn't also book in that price category. So the customers you're losing there, you're not losing the relevant customers and you're making the customers you want to have who are in your price range, you are helping them to make the decision because they say, okay, this is a great bargain for me. And that's really, really helping. That's proven. We have 
tested this with thousands of operators. It's really working and increases the amount of people buying your product because they feel this is a great bargain. So third out of eight, higher incidental prices. Uh, that's an actionable tip you can take home today. Basically, show the highest price first. And also, if you don't have very high-priced products, take just other high-priced products from operators to really put that on your website and give like this feeling, okay, your product is a great bargain compared to other options, what I could be doing in your city tomorrow. Fourth out of eight, charm pricing. We all know it. I'm sure you all know it. Uh, so charm pricing is the thing you know from the supermarket, $9.99, $9.95. So a lot of people approach me and say, oh, uh, my product is really valuable. I want to have a high-quality product. I don't want to be the supermarket product, which is $9.99 or €99 Euros or $4.99, whatever your price range is, like with this $99.95 amount. But it's statistically proven. I brought you some numbers here. So this is actual numbers for smaller baskets, but it goes the same way, like uh, uh, all the way up. So if you have the same product, same product we tried here for 99 cents versus $1, we had 60% more people buying it. By the one cent discount, we have 60% more people buying it. Obviously, with higher prices, this goes a bit down in terms of conversion, but still, 5.99 versus 6 was 10% more people buying that. So, and this is working because our brain is wired that we have like a first stage of the brain where we simplify information. And this helps really to understand. So it seems cheaper because it starts with 5.99 instead of 6. So it lands in another category. And by that, it's easier for us to spend that money and to basically go through with the process. So that's something you should really keep in mind. And that's something, again, you can do as of today, uh, with the, the, as of today with your pricing sheet, you can adapt that as of today in order to optimize the pricing on your website. Hey, Lucas, uh, there's a couple of questions that have come up that are, are quite interesting. So one very quickly is, uh, say, is someone, uh, Carolyn here has asked we, that they've been advised that a number like not just 99, but say a 94. So say if something is 594 as opposed to 595 is even, is even better. I mean, how, is that, how detailed can you get there? Yeah, so what we would advise is always like with three digits to not do the cents. So if you okay. have uh, 999, do 999 and not 999,99. Uh, so always uh, keep it at uh, three digits or two digits. Uh, and when you have one digit, then do the commas. Uh, and it's really all about experimenting. So try it a bit, 99 versus 95. There might be different sensitivity on your local product from the people who buy at your place, but it works at all levels. It works. We have seen that working at products which cost four-digit numbers, like the, the example here. We've seen that working with products which cost uh, like seven uh, euros instead of or uh, 699 instead of seven and that works across all price ranges and the fancy thing here is depending on how your pricing works but you can really try it out try it out how it works to your customers what i'm gonna promise you if you skip to one cent or one euro or one dollar down it's gonna increase the amount of people who buy at your product so and just to confirm so let's say i have a i have a thousand euro tour uh, and i have a hundred euro tour i should be charging nine ninety five or uh, nine ninety nine for the thousand euro and the ninety nine or or ninety five for the hundred euro. So the same yeah. principle applies regardless of the price point. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And then there's one last question that's come in here. What about how does this apply to selling through uh, through through online travel agencies? Um, you're simply the same same thing should apply here when when you're pushing pricing through to third parties. Yes, absolutely. So out of the eight tips, I would say most of them also apply when you sell via resellers. So typically OTLs or online resellers is one part of that. There's all kinds of resellers. When we talk about charm pricing, for example, that works wonders also in OTAs because the same psychology uh, applies. 
for some of the other things, actually OTAs are doing it for you. So for the, the incidental pricing, people are actually doing on that. And when you go to the Get Your Guide app, you'll see similar behavior. Then it's a bit out of your influence. And there we would advise you to basically take that knowledge and import it to your own website, your own pricing sheets. When you have on-site pricing sheets, just copy these winning strategies also to your local pricing sheet. But keep in mind, obviously, not all of the tips you have 100% influence on the OTA. Okay, great. Back to you. So four out of eight. And again, if you're taking one thing home from this tonight, you should be taking charm pricing. This is something uh, tomorrow and all of the participants, I'll go through the list and check if you still don't have charm pricing. Do it. I know it's sometimes counterintuitive uh, because you feel I'm cheaper, making my product cheaper or giving it the sense of being cheap. That's not the case. It's proven that people are more likely to buy like that. Please do it. Tip four out of eight of actionable pricing tips. Moving on. Tip five from eight. Product versus price. What to show first? A lot of people ask me, so Lucas, okay, I understand the point with pricing. Uh, what should I show first? Product versus price. And actually, that's derived from your strategy. So the question is, what are you competing on? If you're competing on quality, you should show the product first. If you're competing on price, you should show the price first because then you're competing on the economic value. Let me give you some examples. If you're hosting a hop-on-up-off tour in a city and there's five different hop-on-up-off tours with typically round about the same routes, then you're competing on economic value. Then you're saying, okay, this is a great tour because you get two routes for the same price like the other ones. Then you are on a heavy competition. Most tourist activities products are competing on quality. People are not that price-sensitive in tourism activities because they're in their travel, they're spending money for their travel anyway. That's the 10 or 20 days they're going to spend on travel in the year. They're not going to have a worse experience for 10 bucks less. They want to have the biggest, best experience in their world, uh, in their life for that day. So they want to decide on the quality of your product. So for most of the products, I would advise you to put product first because this basically leads people to talk about, okay, what am I actually getting? And then is the price fair for that? If you go the other way around, it's, okay, this is the price. Okay, then I understand, okay, what am I, am I getting for the price? So whatever choice you make, make an educated choice and make it come from your strategy. So say, what's your strategy? Is my strategy to uh, compete on economic value or is the strategy to compete on the quality? So that's really important to have a good understanding about that and then say, okay, are, am I going to show the product first or am I going to show the price first derived from a strategy? So tip five out of eight actionable tips we're going to give you today is product versus price, what to show first and what setting to show first. And this is, uh, by the way, one of the things which also applies from uh, William's, I guess, earlier question group pricing versus standard pricing, it depends very much. If you are looking for compet competition on price, I would always show like the price level of the lowest price, which typically would be the group price first. When you're competing on quality, I would show the highest quality product first and then go from there and basically then do the price table discussion. Okay, that's the different uh, settings to do. That's our view on things, and we're going to come back. I think on six or seven, we also come and come back on that. There's just one question related to that. Maybe we can pick that up uh, quickly. Uh, the question uh, about uh, oh, I see about how product versus price, and how comp about competitors with similar tours. Yeah, so. A uh, little unclear what the question is. So I guess product versus price. How about competitors with similar tours? Okay, so do you, should we think about this in terms of product? Uh, how do you differentiate the product or how do you differentiate based on, on pricing, I guess? Maybe th that'd be a way to think of it. It's actually, you know what my favorite arrival moment was? I, well, now, I've, now my ears are really perked up. 
<laughs> so I had the privilege to do a prize talk back in Las Vegas when the conference was in Las Vegas. And after the prize talk, we sat together with uh, some of the operators and we really like deep dived in their pricing. I had one operator sitting there and she was doing tours. And she was like, give me some advice. I want to iterate on my pricing for next year. And what can I do? And then we checked, okay, I just asked, how do we currently, how do you end up at that pricing? And she was like, yeah, I looked at that competitor, at that competitor, at that competitor. And then I made like, oh, let, let me be in the middle of that. And I said, okay, do you believe that for your product, for doing a tour through your town, people are actually not on a reseller, but on people who landed on your page, people who landed on material you control, that people will now go to compare, uh, there's this walking tour and this is five bucks less, but it does 30 minutes more. No. People care about the quality. People care about, will they have a great experience? So what we tried to do, and actually that, that operator actually did that, she increased her pricing by 60% in the next year. And you would say, she's crazy. She's out of business. And one year later, I met her at the next arrival in the US. Uh, and she told me, Lucas, we've increased revenues and obviously revenues and profit margin by huge amounts just by repricing. Because... We lost the fear to competition because we said we are competing on quality. We are not competing on price. And that worked wonders. So my, my question back in that scenario, and we can follow up also in one one if you want afterwards. So that's really keep in mind whom you are competing with. Most of Tools Activities products are unique products in the sense of there's only one tour of you do it with your background through this uh, special part of the city. So there you compete on quality and price is actually not the most important decision point. And there I would focus entirely on quality and what makes your product great. If you do... Lucas, uh, but just one thing, just a follow-up though. Yeah. For the... So OTAs, selling through OTAs, of course, just really changes that dynamic. I mean, the, the whole idea of the OTA is bringing everything together and allowing the consumer to compare side by side. And we all know uh, while every tour operator, for example, with a walking tour, they're going to do their own unique special thing. They're going to create something very special uh, that they're very passionate about. But still, the consumer, they're looking at, okay, walking tours in Berlin, and there may be five, 10, 25 options. Some are two hours, four hours. Some are go here, some go there. Some have this guide or that guide. But the the, the OTA platform kind of standardizes or homogenizes uh, all of that. So uh, it's one thing if you're on your own website and it's a different channel, but how should operators think about this when they're also selling through uh, the OTA? Yeah, so, so I think that's harder, especially that tip on the OTA, because there there's a framework from the OTA and the, the, the job of the OTA is to make it more comparable. But actually, what I would invite you to do is when you have a product on OTAs, which is pretty similar to other products in the sense of offering a walking tour, for example, have you bought enough uniqueness in your product description, in your product pictures, or is it like just all the other walking tours, the main attractions, and these attractions are the one we're going to see? Or did you bring your perspective on that? Did you bring what makes you unique on that? Because this helps also in the bit more uh, 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 closer framework of an OTA, of a reseller, helps you to differentiate from the other product. But absolutely right, it's harder on OTAs because OTAs try to make things comparable. So they're working a bit against you in that sense. So would you also say, sorry, just, and this is my own personal follow-up. So but would you also say here then that, that really if you're selling through OTAs and multiple OTAs, then that you really should treat each OTA as a different channel and look at your competitors on each channel and merchandise or set up your product a little bit in a way to make sure it stands out. So you may have to write a different description for, and even include different photos on OTA one versus OTA two, or even name the product a little bit differently. Does it require that level of attention for each channel? 
I would absolutely advise to do so for all the main selling channels. If you have a channel which does 1% of your bookings, don't put up the work. But I think a great example is Airbnb experiences where they actually uh, do a large amount of working and basically customizing that because that's their brands to say, okay, we do it differently from other OTAs. Uh, and I think you can copy that strategy as operator as well. So think about really your local competition environment and think about the quality difference, not so much about the price difference. Okay, great. Back to you. Moving on. So yep. five out of eight actionable tips you're going to take home today. Product versus price. Whatever your choice is, make a smart, educated decision coming from your strategy in a sense of am I competing on economic value or am I competing on the, the quality of my product? And that should follow through on your own website, most importantly on your own web pricing sheets, but absolutely also in the context of all the OTAs. Six out of eight, from high to low, not only with price, but also with quality. And you can do the check. Most e-commerce platforms do it like that, including OTAs, to actually say, okay, set the anchor as the highest price. The highest price is typically the product with the highest quality. So let's take the simplistic example of a walking tour that works for any uh, tour and activity product to say, okay, my highest price product is maybe even an individual tour. So I put that first. This is my private tour. You walk me privately through Berlin. This will be a very important, uh, very expensive tour compared to everything else. But that's the maximum quality you can offer me. Basically, you having a tour guide just for me. And then you come down to group tours. What happens there is that people who have higher budgets, they first of all learn about the, in the option of an individual tour because often that's different segments of the website or stuff like that. So if they have the budget to do that, even more groups will be inclined to do a private tour. And if I don't have the amount, I go down in the page and say, okay, yes, I can accept to have a lesser quality product because there's more people with me uh, walking around. I can't influence and steer that as much. but also what I'm doing, I'm paying less for that. So actually, I understand that and it seems like a bargain. And like that, even your standard product, and that example being the group tour, looks cheaper because you're comparing it to the individual product, which is typically more expensive. So this is what we would absolutely advise you to do. Also start with the highest quality of your product, whatever that is on your product sheet or on your product specifications, and then go down in quality and also price. And you can see also uh, all the leading OTAs are doing, doing that in the exact same way. Six out of eight, sort your product from highest price to uh, lowest price. And also by that from highest quality to lowest quality. Seven out of eight, offer a decoy. So, Decoy is often a product when we sell combi products. I don't know who of you sells combi products. If you sell combi products, you should be listening because this is very important. Typically, we see this, for example, with boat tours. We have a one-hour boat tour, and then I have a boat tour with dinner, basically an upselling a combi product. So I can do the boat tour, and I can do the boat tour with a dinner. Typically, you will not sell the boat dinner alone because you say, okay, that's not a valid product on its own. doesn't make really sense. What happens there is that people don't believe you. This price is a good price. So in that example, it's a real-life example. We had a boat tour with 100 euro price and a boat with dinner for 150 euro. That's a really good price compared to local competition, compared to, to the value you are getting. And only 40% of people booked the boat tour with dinner because they don't believe, we as customers don't believe, yeah, anyone in marketing tells us this is great value and all products, they say this is great value. But what actually helps if you make the center option bookable, like the boat dinner of its own. So we put here the boat dinner option to basically say, you can also buy the boat dinner on its own for 100 euro. And then there's a combo ticket, boat tour with dinner. And by that, by making it actionable, book, action, uh, it bookable, people say, okay, uh, I can actually book that. They mean that like that. And I'm actually seeing, okay, I could buy this. I could buy this. 
But both together is a huge bargain. And so I'm going to buy it. And what happened here, and that's uh, the real interesting thing when you have it here, uh, in comparison, 40% of people booked the combi ticket when we just made the boat dinner bookable. No one books the boat dinner alone. It's a decoy product. That's why the naming. But the combo ticket product is booked a lot more. And there's 40% more people buying the combo product uh, compared to the other case where the boat dinner was not being booked. And a one-hour boat tour went down to just one-tenth of bookings. So that's a real interesting option to feature combi products, which often are great products also from a margin perspective and drive people to believe you that the combo product is a real great product. Seven out of eight, if you do combo products, please also offer this decoy option. You've just seen the numbers in that example. More than 40% more booked the combi product by just offering this decoy product in addition. So that's really, really important. If you do combi products, please offer all the options one by one, which often, if you don't have combi products right now, you can also have combi products on most of the software is available with another company together. So if you're not offering the boat tour yourself, you can offer the boat tour and then as combi product together. It's also a great option to increase the value for the traveler who's visiting, but also increase your basket and your margin. Eight out of eight of pricing tips you can do today. Discounts. What you can do with discounts. We talked so long for 45 minutes about pricing and we did not do discounts. And I guess nearly all of you do discounts. If you do discounts, discount with care. Discounts steer people to price. Again, if you're competing on quality, don't discount. If you're competing on price, do discount. Is that guy telling me I should not offer discounts? No, you should offer discounts. Always offer discounts if people pay earlier, uh, commit earlier, especially in the uh, times right now. Give incentives for earlier booking, earlier payments. That's completely fine. But if you're competing on quality, which means my cooking course is the best, my walking tour is the best, my attraction visit is the best, and then you offer discounts, you will steer the focus towards the price. But you want to compete on the quality of the product. If you're competing on price, that's completely fine. Then you say 20% off, great offer, uh, great bargain, do it today. Can you discount when you compete on quality? Yes, because you can discount on the quality. How does that work? Typically, you offer the same price like always, but you offer additional value. Typical example is you do a, a walking tour. You say, okay, the leaflet you're getting is for free on top. Normally, that would be five additional euro. Or you're saying, okay, for this uh, uh, example, you get a free T-shirt of us uh, if you do that for the same price. So you steer the focus towards the value of what you're getting and you're not focusing so much, okay, this is the price you're going to pay, but you steer towards the quality. On the other hand, if you're competing on price, it's absolutely fair to do this discounting also directly on price. Just keep in mind, this steers the focus towards the price. If you do discounts on price, keep in mind the rule of 100. Lucas, what is the rule of 100? It's very simple and you can use it also by today. Keep in mind 100 euro, dollar, whatever your currency is. If you have a price less than 100 euro and you do a discount based on that, then you put it as percentage. You say, okay, this is a 10% discount on your price because this looks bigger and feels bigger in our brains. If you have a price more than 100 euro, so we have the example of the 2000 euro, 1999 uh, euro, then always show the absolute discount. So means if I do 100 euro price, 50 euro discount, sounds a lot more than just saying 50% discount because the absolute numbers in our brain are more, it has more digits, that's wired in our brain that it feels like there's more value. And when you check that in any e-commerce site, any warehouse where you see that, they'll follow this rule of 100 
for all the discounts. So eight out of eight, keeping in mind, discount with care. If you discount, better do it on quality. If you have a qualitative product, think about product discounts. If you're competing on price, then put discount on a price. And if you're discounting on a price, keep in mind the rule of 100 for your pricing. So again, eight pricing tips, actionable pricing tips you can take home as today. Upselling means have products to upsell. Any products you have, you'll find something to upsell. You should have free, not more than free, but exactly free options to upsell because free is always something our mind can still understand. So it's not too complex. Don't make five or 50 different upselling options. Make it simple for them to upsell, but find typically free or uh, at least two upsell options. Second of all, anchor pricing. So ensure that you have a price anchor on your website, being that your own price, uh, your own product or uh, uh, foreign products, what we have with the higher incidental prices. But make sure that the mind of me visiting starts with the highest price and then anything else looks like a bargain. Four, we discussed that, charm pricing. If you take one tip home tonight, one tip home today, then please take the charm pricing, adapt your pricing sheet directly after this webinar. This will increase your conversion on any channel, on resellers, on your own website. Do it, do it now and uh, uh, look how more people are booking your products. Product versus price. Tip five, what to show first comes from your strategy. So if your strategy is coming from competing on quality, show the product first. If you're competing on the price and the, the economic value, show the price first. Six, from high to low. So always show the highest quality product first and then go down in quality. Tip six out of eight. Seven out of eight, if you have a decoy, uh, sorry, if you have a combo product, always offer the decoy with it because it will heavily increase the amount of people booking on uh, your combi product. And eight out of eight, if you do discounts, discount with care because keep in mind the steers, the conversation and the focus towards the price. And if you do discounts, keep the rule of 100 in mind. And that's the eight actionable pricing tips you should be taking home tonight. And actually, that's one of the things you can really use the time of this downturn of the industry to optimize your pricing, your pricing sheets, all of that directly here. So all of the big players are already ongoing doing that. Walt Disney changed to complete dynamic pricing. Moulin Rouge is going that direction. Uh, so that's really, really uh, important. These big companies are going that direction. You should be taking the value out of repricing as well. All you need is to think about your pricing strategy, take any software which can support you to do that, take BookingKit, any smart booking system you have will allow that uh, to optimize your pricing strategy and then basically use the time you have now to uh, uh, optimize that. Take back best practices from the industry. There's a lot of stuff we have uh, uh, prepared in our blog. There's great information on the arrival blog. I just seen there was more content earlier today. Uh, get inspired by best practices from other people. Uh, take the time to prepare now for when this crisis is over. And one of the things you should be taking is eight actionable tips from that. If there's any questions, now it's the time. Great, uh, uh, Lucas. Yeah, we've got a, a couple of minutes over, but um, I, I want to continue because we have a few questions uh, still and uh, there's so much great information here. I just want to go back to one question on, on discounts as you were going through this and how you talked about it really not being really about say discounting the price, but about really about value is how I took that. You know, one of the things that hotels have begun doing over the last several years is offering a lower discount for a non-refundable uh, non-refundable booking. Uh, I don't see that much in tours and, and activities. I think especially in what we're seeing today with this incredible wave of cancellations, uh, that's something that should should this industry be thinking about maybe I'll say a, a lower price for a, a non-refundable ticket? 
I would personally, yes, you can go that way. It depends very much on the type of product you have. I would advise you to start with other pricing tips. You know, I initially showed the example of the Wine Air website or any low-cost airline you have. I think no one of us wants to end up at airline booking experience where it's like feels the price is changing every second. And if I double click on one date and it went up by 200%, that does not reflect the value of a tours and activities product. I think the biggest quick fix I, uh, for anyone is for people who want to pay directly and a huge amount of people is willing to pay directly online, put their money down, especially on their own webs, on your own website, uh, to give them a 10% discount. I think that's pretty standard in large parts of the industry, but still we have a lot of operators who have not implemented that of today. And then moving later on to all kinds of exchangeable tickets and so on and so on. Because I think for the tour, for the activity, really center should be the quality I deliver and not so much all the booking options I have behind. Also, do, do you see any uh, differences in... Uh, uh, different customer segments and their behavior, their responses to some of these different pricing techniques. So the question here is specifically uh, from, from Lise Menard around, you know, European versus North American uh, travelers, but, you know, even for example, within Europe, do French travelers behave a bit differently from German or travelers from the UK or, uh, or US or Asian travelers? Ah oui, um, difference pour les Français, je pense. Uh, yes, there's hefty difference for all the traveler. I think all the tips I gave you are working worldwide because they have one thing in mind. You know, the, the, for pricing, it's very important how our brain works. And we have uh, uh, the neocortex, which is there to really make smart and fast decisions. And most of the information is processed there because before we even get to think about that. And most of the pricing tips I gave here is basically aimed to have this center of quick decision-making to trigger that and to trigger that. And that's if you're Chinese, if you're French, if you're uh, uh, North American, uh, Canadian, whomever you are, that stays the same. After that, yes, there's differences, especially what we see is price differences and price sensitivity which is often coming from local versus long haul. You have uh, large amounts of, of different behavior. Let's simplify a bit. Like Asian travelers roundabout have half the vacation days from European travelers. So they are more eager to spend more money to, for more qualitative products, which then typically are also offered in their language and so on and so on. So their, their price sensitivity is a lot lower than maybe a European uh, visitor who has double the vacation days and by that has to budget a bit more. So that's one of the high-level understandings. But I would say before you go into that, follow all these tips because they apply for everyone. And then on the next level, you can segment by where the people are coming from. I got uh, time for just a couple more questions. Uh, one here uh, is same day, same day discounts. If I've got uh, a tour running in a couple of hours, I got a few extra spots. It'd be great to uh, to get some. Uh, some people in those seats, should I discount same day? Try it out. In the end, we've I've seen both. Uh, I've seen both. I've seen people discounting uh, hefty, like 50% or something for same day out of that ambition. And then we just said, okay, scratch that off do it for the same price and just make it visible. Okay, we have places available for today and they had nearly the same amount of bookings. So double the revenue for same amount of bookings. And then there's other products where you feel, okay, this really changed behavior. And that depends on why people come to you. If people are really coming for, for the quality, typically they are not there. Uh, the, the price point will not really decide whether you're coming or not, but it's more like the surrounding of your product. Does that fit into my schedule so to say so i would do that with very care i wouldn't overestimate and that's i think the message also from the story i've shared from viral las vegas i would not overestimate the pricing sensitivity what does pricing sensitivity mean it means if i would half my price would double the people book typically not for tours and activities products. And typically what we are seeing is that a lot of, especially the, the, the mid-size operators are underpricing their product. And when you take also one thing on a more global scale home from today, you can say maybe be a bit more aggressive on pricing. 
Uh, yeah, and that actually leads us to our this last question. I'm going to ask. It's getting lots of lots of votes. Uh, so, and this is from Urs uh, Berger, uh, and I'm just going to read this question because it's a great one. So, my business is currently at a standstill due to the Corona crisis. How can I still encourage guests to start booking autumn tickets despite what's going on? Any creative pricing ideas? Uh, actually, I, I won't scroll down to the, the very first, uh, but you have it in the slides there. We say this crisis consists of three phases. The first is the lockdown, lockdown phases. Here in Europe, people are not allowed to leave their homes anymore. So in these phases, whatever I do, there's so much uncertainty. If I offer my product, I'm accelerating for free people will not be booking because they don't know that like, like currently they're hyper-focused. Will I have a, a job tomorrow? Yes. Thanks for, uh, uh, thanks for sharing that. So there's the three phases, lockdown, fade in, rebound. So for the beginning of the lockdown, I would argue there's no sense in changing pricing because people are just confused. They don't see the end of that. They're a bit like me, basically every day there's more information bombing on me and it's going to take years to recover and stuff like that so leave the people some time to get along with the situation the first level when it's changed is at the end of the lockdown when is that when governments announce this is the date when the lockdown ends so then people will say okay after having spent 10 they, uh, 10 weeks or something that direction at home, people will be looking forward to do tours and activities again. And then is the time to start incentivizing people to book. And on that level, I would incentivize for cash flow, not for price. So maybe have a bit lower prices, offer discounts, but combine that with pay today because this is how you can influence your cash flow. And typically, cash flow will be the most important thing after your, uh, after the crisis. Mm -hmm. And like that, you can participate in this fade-in phases. Yeah, I've seen a lot of operators promote uh, basically open-ended vouchers at a discount, buy today, and you can use them anytime in the future. You think that's, uh, that's a, a good strategy to try right now? Absolutely. I, I think there's a lot of people out there, and that's what I always encourage everyone to do. That's the same way we try to do it. Be transparent about your situation. I personally bought the product. Uh, I got a cancellation because of the current situation, and they wrote me, uh, we are giving you a voucher because if all the people would get their money back, we would be bankrupt. And so please let us support uh, like building this. And me as customer, I understand that very much. And so people are not asking for full refund, stuff like that. And people are willing, and we are seeing that also for the future, that if transactions even in this very moment are happening, there's voucher sales for the future. I think we're going to see an Easter period, which is not very good in terms of traveling, but people still want to gift something for Easter. So their offering for activities product will be a perfect point because it's a perfect gift opportunity and helps you to get cash flow for the future. Oh, well, Lucas, uh, a lot of a lot of really great ideas. I have to say, even for even though we're not directly in tours and activities, we run conferences uh, and other services for operators. But I've got lots of great ideas as well for us to start thinking about with our team about how we think about our our pricing and positioning. So, thank you so much for walking through all of this, and also for taking the extra time to answer a lot of the great questions that. Uh, have come in from all of our attendees. Uh, so for everyone who's here, just a, a quick note, uh, Arrival Online continues. Uh, we've just put together a brand new session tomorrow. This is going to be an open town hall. As you may know, we at Arrival have been conducting an ongoing pulse survey to understand how this coronavirus crisis is impacting your business. And we've surveyed now more than 800 companies, and we're going to share some of those results with you on this town hall. And then we have uh, Peter Syme and Sean Finelli, uh, who are experienced tour operators, and uh, have uh, they're going to be here to take uh, your questions. We're also going to open this up so you can, as an attendee, uh, you, you will be able to uh, open up your microphone and ask questions uh, directly uh, to these experienced uh, pros. So really excited about the event tomorrow. And then next week, we've got a series of uh, Arrival Online events, uh, Monday through Thursday, Kate Presto on financial management techniques in a downturn. On Tuesday, I have an interview with Ben Drew, the new president of Viator. 
We have really a classic, a staple session from Arrival, How to Choose Your Booking Tech. Uh, this is led by Christian Watts with Todd Kersey. Uh, this is something we do at every single Arrival conference. There's so much great tech out there. Christian and Todd are going to uh, walk you through it. And now is a great time if you are in the middle of looking at improving your tech, evaluating the systems that you're using. This is a great time uh, to do that, just like it's a great time to review your pricing and marketing strategies. On Wednesday, we have a special session with Chris Torres, who's going to walk us through best practices for Facebook advertising uh, to get you ready for when demand uh, returns. And you can see the full program of Arrival online at arrivalevent.com. And we have sessions scheduled through April, April, and we're adding more every single day. So join us there. And thank you all for joining us today. And again, Lucas, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Next time, I'm going to tell you my story at our at Arrival Las Vegas. I sit with Chris Torres at the poker table. But that's for next time. Thank you so much. Next time it is. Thank you, Lucas. Thanks for listening to the Torpreneur podcast. Be sure to visit torpreneur.com to join the conversation and access the show notes, including links to the resources mentioned on today's episode. This is Torpreneur.